So what do you think? The podcast where we chat about the Bible from Genesis to Revelation with friends, family, and loved ones. We laugh. The labor where they wash up. Then we wash, wash up. I'm from Missouri, so y'all leave me alone. She's from Missouri. She really needs wash. I'm learning more and more how little I know. <laughs> they Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing. I can't do this. We do impressions. Hello. <laughs> I'm Bob the Tomato. Hi, this is Chang's Chinese restaurant. Nancy, what are you doing here? We get a little silly. Jericho, Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. I feel, I have a hard time with condom, condomate, con... Not condiments, she loves ketchup and mayonnaise. So, in genius... Geniuses. That's our southern accent coming in there, folks. I'm just a little black <laughs> A little serious. My spirit, Bubba, what if I give you what you deserve? And a lot grateful. When you feel that, you know, where is God? Well, well, that's him. That's him showing his love. Yes, he's got he's got all these people loving on you. As we ask and answer questions about the Bible, faith, God, and everything in between, welcome to So What Do You Think? Take a load off, get comfy, and stay a while. Hey guys, it's Missy, and I am here with my mother, Helen Smith. Hey, Helen, Mama. Hey, how are you, you and how's everybody else? I'm doing good today. It's so far a good day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful day outside, but this past week it has been um, crazy again. So we get rid of COVID or not get rid of it. it uh, you don't hear any talk about COVID right now, really, because of the riots, you know. Yeah. And uh, I know a lot of people are scared. A lot of people are scared about all of this stuff that goes on. And, um, you know, I just think it's, again, the beginning of birth pangs and that stuff like this is going to continue to happen um, is something that I feel like there's just so much evil, you know, in the world right now um, that these things are going to continue to happen, Uh, whatever your political view is or or whatever. um, God loves all his children, and that's my statement I'm going to say and stick to, and um, he loves everybody, and um, well, he created everybody. You know, I understand what what's everything that's going on, and it's much deeper than we want to get into here. But uh, just to say that I think there's a lot of evil in the world, and the birth pains are going to get worse and worse, and things like this are going to continue to happen. So uh, that's because there is evil in the world. And um, do you want to add anything to that, um, Mom? I'm in total agreement with you. I think, uh, you know, there's a lot going on, and um, God can use what is going on to draw people to himself. And if we would learn to walk in his way and trust him and not trust what we're seeing about what's going on in the world, that uh, those of us that belong to him, no matter what happens, it's still going to be okay because we're in his uh, in his love and in in his grace, and you know he'll take help take care of us, and if mm-hmm. we'll trust him, 
He'll guide us and protect us. Uh, it's when we get outside the realm of that and start trying to do things on our own and uh, respond to things the way we think we should be responding rather than uh, checking with God on it. That's when we start getting in trouble. Well, you start having knee-jerk reactions, yeah. and you can't do that. Um, because I know a lot of people, I'm serious, that are really, really scared. of. They talk to me about it and uh, have this fear, and they're Christians, and I try to comfort them in knowing, you know, knowing what they know, and, you know, I can't comfort them. They are the ones who are going to have to seek God for that and know that the more you learn about the Word and what's happening, the more comforted you are that you know absolutely that God's in control, even though it looks like pure chaos. He allows some of this stuff to happen because there is evil in the world, and that's probably going to go deeper than I want to go. But what I'm saying is that, you know, there is free will and God is, God is going to allow some of that free will to happen, evil or not evil. Am I right in that? Yep, you are. That God gave us free will. And, um, you know, he gave us free will to either accept him and uh, try to live and walk in his grace or to reject him. And if you don't accept him, it's an automatic default that you've rejected him. So, yes, I totally agree with you. How do you explain salvation? How do you explain salvation to someone who's never heard that, who never has had that explained to them? Well, let's explain or talk about salvation saved. What are we being saved from? What do we need to be saved from? Uh, And let's just talk about uh, Satan uh, the devil, uh, mm-hmm. Beelzebub, uh, he's got all kinds of names and all of his dominions, all of his, I mean, all of his minions, not his dominions, but his minions. Um, Satan was actually a created angel and all of the, the demons that are out there uh, are created, they were created angels too. They are angels but they turned to the dark side. Um, Satan, before the earth began, or before God created all of the earth and all of us, um, he was uh, the most beautiful angel in all of heaven. And let's look at some uh, Bible verses that describe him, and let's get a perspective from that point um, as before we get into mm-hmm. salvation. So if you, um, okay, uh, because the, the Bible will tell us in places that Satan was a beautiful angel. He got into trouble when he wanted to be God. He wanted to be above God. He wanted to be like God. He wanted to be God. And it reached a point there was a lot of rebellion in heaven. And God had to throw Satan out of heaven. And Satan took um, a third of the angels with him. So you've got Satan, a beautiful angel, and you've got a third of the regular angels that were in heaven. And that is what we're what we deal with on a daily basis is that realm of God's creation. 
and angels are created. So all of that happened before. I'm sorry, Mom. I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's okay. You said I would, though, didn't you? I did. <laughs> you told me I would interrupt her with questions, and I did. Uh-huh. You're a prophet, and you didn't even know it. <laughs> uh, so all of that happened before Adam and Eve. Yes. All of this happened. All of this happened. Before Adam. Because okay. if you remember, with Adam and Eve, Satan was present there. And I'll get into that, too. So Right. Um, but right now, let's look at... Um, if okay. We go to Isaiah 14, verse 12 through 15. It says, How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. This is talking about Satan. He was considered the morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly on the utmost heights of Mount Zaphon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. But you are brought down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit. That happened before Adam and Eve, before uh, Genesis. Now if we look at uh, Ezekiel 28, starting with verse 11. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, take up a lament concerning the king of Tyre and say to him, and the king of Tyre is, again, supposed to be Satan. This is what the sovereign Lord says. You are the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You are in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone adorned you. Carnelian, uh, chrysolite, uh, an emerald, topaz, onyx, and jasper, lapis, lazuli, turquoise, and beryl. Your settings and mountings were made of gold on the day you were created. They were prepared. You were anointed as a guardian cherub, for so I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. Through your widespread trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. So I drove you in disgrace from the mount of God and I expelled you, guardian cherub, from among the fiery stones. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to the earth and made a spectacle of you before kings. But your many sins and dishonest trade, you have desecrated your sanctuaries. So I made a fire come out from you and it consumed you. And I reduced you to ashes on the ground in the sight of all who were watching. All the nations who knew you are appalled at you. You have come to a horrible end and will be no more. So that's the, the downfall of Satan and the prophecy of what's to come with Satan. He had it all uh, up there in heaven and he yeah. was so proud and thought he was so beautiful that he was going to be more than God. Exactly. Higher than God. Exactly. He wants to be like God, which is what antichrist means. Exactly. Exactly. So, then we take it to Genesis. Okay. Going to Genesis 2 uh 8 through 9 is the first one I want to want to read.
Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now if you scoot down to verse 15 through... 17, and then we're going to pick up 18 also. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Notice something here. God tells Adam before he even creates Eve. Eve is not even in the picture at the point that God tells Adam, do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, well, let's talk about the tree of of life. There's two trees in the garden. There's a tree of life, which they were free to eat that fruit. uh, And it was, you know, it should have given them life. It was probably you know, the most perfect fruit that God ever created. And then you've got the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God basically Mm -hmm. told them, if you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you're going to know good from evil. At this point, when God creates Eve and he's got Adam and Eve in the garden, they're naked. They're walking around all over the garden of Eden with no clothes on, no fig leaves on, nothing on, and they don't know it. They don't realize it because they're in a perfect scenario that God has created for them. And so now let's go to Genesis 3 and go read 1 through 7. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Now, remember, this isn't just the serpent. This is the devil. This is Satan. And God has told Adam over here previously, before Eve was even created, do not eat of that tree. And now Satan is saying to him, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? How often does Satan do that to us, y'all? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, well, did God really mean yeah. that? He's talking no, yeah. The woman said mm-hmm. to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the tree in the garden. But God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. Now, when we think of die, we usually think of, you know, dying, being dead, being gone from the earth. Uh, this is a different die because they did not die. And the serpent says to the woman, you will not certainly, you will not certainly die for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. People have wanted to be like God since the beginning of time, knowing good from evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. 
How often do we know that something we're looking at is not what we need to be doing, but it becomes pleasing to us and it becomes something that we want more of. Mm -hmm. So we give in to it. And that's what happened here also. Yeah. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Y'all, if this hadn't happened, we could have been walking in person with God because God would come down to the Garden of Eden and he would walk with Adam and Eve and talk to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He, Adam, answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God (laughs) said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me and I ate. So now we get into some prophecies and some curses. So starting with verse 14. Hold on. I have a couple questions for you. Okay. Um, The first question is the tree of life. What I kind of was thinking is I think I sent you a little piece on this, that the tree of life, you would pretty much live forever. And the fact that they ate from the tree of I hate saying this tree of good knowledge. The tree of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. <laughs> <laughs> that one. So when he said you, you will you will surely die or you will die, I thought also it meant spiritual death and physical death because maybe they wouldn't have physically died. I don't know. Maybe. No, you're That's right. You are right. You are right. That I know what you're saying. Um, that if if they had left the tree of the knowledge of good and evil alone and only eaten of the tree of life, uh, they would have never had a physical death either. Uh, they're not having a physical death at this point, but at some point they do die like we all do. We all physically die. They will die. But spiritually... Uh, they are, right. you know, their their spirit is in trouble right now, and the spirit and uh, the, well, the rest of thing, the of humanity too. Right, and the other thing is the tree of life is in heaven, with, yes. and it produces twelve kinds of fruit. Yes, a different yes. Okay. kind of fruit every every gotcha. month of the year. Those are yes. my questions. Yep. Okay. Okay. Okay, so now let's move over to Genesis 3, verse 14. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. This makes me think that at that point or previous to this, when uh, Satan was tempting uh, Eve and Adam, uh, that he might have been 
you know, in the form of either a man or somehow walking on two legs or four legs and wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. wiggling around on the, on the, uh, on earth. Yeah. Then this is a prophecy. Listen to it carefully. Verse 15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. Talking to the, the talking to Satan. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. That is the prophecy of Jesus. Because I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. She is the only woman that did not give birth to another human through uh, sexual intercourse, through uh, a, a man's sperm. She is the only one that where she was, uh, Jesus was incarnate by the Holy Spirit into uh, Mary's womb. So this is basically a prophecy of Mary and Jesus. So she will get pregnant with Jesus by the incarnation of the Holy Spirit. So that's going to be her offspring. His offspring is going to be those that try to kill him. Going to put enmity between you uh, and and her offspring. He will wow. crush your head. Well, actually, you will strike his heel. So Satan will strike Jesus' heel by, by putting him on the cross. And then he crushes Satan's head by coming off the cross and raised, being raised from the dead by the Holy Spirit again on Sunday. Wow. I didn't know any of that. Isn't that deep? Isn't that really? awesome? Now here this Yeah, that is we're in the very beginning is. of the world and God said this is gonna happen, folks. And it does. So question it may be a crazy question, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. Ask it is Adam's seed all the way through up to say the Antichrist coming back? Is all of his seed like all his genealogy are they always against Christians? Well, it's not actually. Does that make sense? I think so, but it's not actually Adam because here it says, "I will put enmity between you and the woman." God is talking to the to Satan, so he's going to put enmity ah, between so Satan. Satan and the woman. So Satan's offspring, anything. Anybody that belongs to Satan, and if you don't belong to God, if you're not a Christian, if you're not following Christ, you default directly to being a follower of Satan. So anybody that is a follower of Satan becomes an enemy of, uh, of the offspring of Mary or woman, and that's Jesus. Well, this whole thing is between Satan and Jesus is basically what it's saying. Period. Period. The enmity, enmity is between uh, Satan trying to destroy Jesus and his followers. And he started with the Garden of Eden. Yep, and it started in the Garden of Eden. 
Actually, it started before that when Satan mm-hmm. wanted to be God and he got cast out of heaven. So it basically started before uh, the Garden of Eden. Now, the next one mm-hmm. is uh, verse 16. To the woman, and this is God, to the woman God said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful label, labor, you will give birth to children your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. And we both have had children. Okay, so we know this came from boo to that. <laughs> it is Adam and Eve's fault. Boo, boo, boo. Then uh, verse 17, to Adam he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. And that's why uh, we have to labor for our living I have a feeling that in the Garden of Eden, before all of this happened, Adam was not having to labor hard. Whatever he was doing was joyful for him. It was pleasant for him. He enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But then when all of this happened, then God put a basically a, a curse on uh the whole situation. And that's why today we're still paying that price. So... Um, you ask whether or not Adam's seed was still yeah. affecting us. Yes, it is. <laughs> not his seed as much as his sin. It's still affecting right. us. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, All right. Any questions yet? Yeah, I just, so all of that, having said all of that, God is restoring all that through Jesus Christ and created heaven where we will be back in the Garden of Eden, so to speak. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm thinking that I know a lot of people dis- disagree about the thousand year reign that Christ is going to have here on earth after uh, he throws Satan into the pit uh, before he lets him out again. Uh, that thousand year reign, I have to think we are probably going to be living the same kind of life that Adam and Eve would have lived before sin came into their lives because at that point Satan and his are they're they're locked up where they can't get out they can't uh, they can't distract us from uh, living our lives the way God wants us to well also in a thousand year millennium I have done a little study and I think there will be people who survived the seven year tribulation that are still alive oh yeah I do too survived it yeah physically yeah and so they're still going to be human. Yeah. Oh, yes. They're going to be humans on and they're Earth. They're be in their human form. Yes, just like us right and now. The people who had accepted, right, and the people who have accepted Christ at that time will um, help them, minister to them. Right. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Right. But we'll get into that. That's a big topic, the millennial. And I do think when people read that thousand-year millennial, I also think you think, why would he do that? 
Well, I think he does that because there will be people still um, alive and able to make a choice. They have to make a choice. And while we're there, those people will also have children who will have exactly. to make a choice. Exactly, yeah. And uh, I think... I think we should dig into that topic sometime because it's very interesting to me. What, the millennium? But I do think the thousand years is, yeah. I think uh, it'll also be fast. Like we think, I think it's going to be more like God's thousand years is a day. Yeah. Kind of thing. Could be. It'll fly by. Could be. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Could be. I have so I think we're not going to be the, the good and the evil, the good and the evil. I want to say one thing about sin. Right. too. Sin is basically I've got several things uh, describing sin. Sin is basically our, we are wanting our own way, thinking we know more and we know better than God about what's going on in our lives. And so we make our choices. Uh, to to not um, not seek the Lord in most everything we do, we should seek Him out in everything that we do on a daily basis. Uh, but so often we just get caught up in life and we just keep living it and um, don't think about you know. A lot of Christians go to church on Sunday, go to church on Wednesday, and then the rest of the time they just leave him back there in church and think they'll pick him back up, you know, the next time they go. But another description of sin is lawlessness or transgression of God's will. It's not always the Ten Commandments or not always the Two Commandments that Jesus gave us. It sometimes has to do with who you are, what life you're living, and um, you need to be plugged in to, like if you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit in you. You need to be listening to that Holy Spirit speaking to you on a minute-by-minute basis, Uh, and it will help keep you out of a lot of trouble. Because sin is sin is sin. So, do we want to talk about more about sin, or do we want to talk about salvation? Okay. Well, I want to ask you what what do you what do you say to a person who isn't a Christian, and they just say, "Well, basically, I'm a good person, and I think I'm going to heaven." Well, let's talk about that for a minute because I hear that all the time. Um, some of the stuff you watch on TV and somebody dies and they'll say, oh, my so-and-so mother or grandmother or whoever is looking down on me. They're, number, they're my angel and they're going to be watching over me and, you know, they're going to be taking care of me. Uh, absolutely none of that is true. Mm-hmm. Number one, when we pass away, when we die this earthly death, We do not become angels. Angels are created beings that God made. And where it got started that angels are female, I don't know, because the angels in the Bible that I have read about are warriors. And they physically look like men, but they don't have sex. They're not either a man or a woman, but they have the physical strength of being... uh, of being strong, 
to be able to um, mm-hmm. do what God sends them to do here on earth to help protect us and save us from dangers and things like that. I can give you some angel stories, but I won't now. But, um, and everybody wants to think that their uh, loved ones that have passed away are in heaven. There's only one way to heaven. There's one way to hell and there's one way to heaven. The way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. The way to hell is not believing and not being a follower of Jesus Christ. And so any of you that think you're going to heaven because you're good, you know, is it's not biblical. Well, let's define good. Okay. Yeah, let's define good. Okay, what is good? Have you ever lied? Yeah, right. Have you ever lied? Of course I have. Mm -hmm. Have you ever... Got you ever gotten angry? Uh, of course I have. Have you ever stolen anything? Have <laughs> I mean, you ever we can keep going with this? Have you ever picked up a pen from your office or a rubber band that doesn't belong to you, belong to the office? That's stealing. Right. That's stealing. Have you ever cheated on your time card right. at work? So all of those are sins. Every one of those are sins because they are against what God wants you to be. Mm. So, yes, they are sins. So everybody's sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, everybody. Exactly, exactly. So do you want to get into salvation? Yeah, I think it's a good time to talk about the good stuff and uh, what Jesus has done for us. Um, So uh, let's get a, a dictionary version of what salvation is because you and you go to church you know a lot Mm -hmm. of churches and all you hear you know salvation have you been saved do you know when you were saved blah 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 salvation is a preservation or deliverance from harm ruin loss or failure deliverance from sin is what we're talking about in the realm of uh, christ um, lawlessness mm-hmm. or transgression of God's will. It's not always the ten, ten Commandments or the Two Commandments that Jesus gave us, but it's us um, not doing what God wants us to do. Adam went against God's will in the Garden of Eden. God, God told Adam not to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but Eve told Adam it was good and they could eat it. Those were words from the serpent or Satan. So sin or disobedience to God was created. And we're still living with that act to this day. So what can we do about it? Turn or burn. Turn to the Lord. Mm. Wow. <laughs> oh. Wow. So how, scare me. how do you get saved? I grew up in the Episcopal Church, and I y'all were in it for quite a few years as kids and we never actually heard the term saved because they would tell you you were saved 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on the cross a lot of churches and a lot of people will say you've got to say a prayer uh, and you've got to get in front of church and tell everybody what you just did 
First off, the prayer is man-made. It's not biblical. And B, for the getting in front of the church and telling everyone, in the scripture it says, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you before my father. So the church has made a religion out of salvation. Because I've actually heard pastors say, if you don't know the date and time you were saved, then you aren't saved. I don't know. Because I was so small that somebody shared with me that Jesus was my best friend. And he's always been my best friend. I'm 77 years old and he's still my best friend. So he's been my best friend for a lot of years. The prayer is a good instrument, but a lot of people have said it and not changed. It's just words to them. So you've got to be careful. There's got to be some uh, discipleship along with that prayer. I know people that will tell you right now, uh, if you ask them if, uh, you know, if you died, are you going to heaven? And they would say, yeah, I said a prayer, you know, 35 years ago. Uh, But they haven't done anything else. Uh, And so you don't know if they really meant it when they said it. I struggled with this for a very, very long time because I've never said the, what they call, quote unquote, the sinner's prayer. But I've loved Jesus. I don't remember never, ever having Jesus in my life. Um, and I've had a relationship with him. I can remember, you know, as a small child by myself, just talking to him and, um, you know, just spending time with him. So like most of my struggles, I went to the source because it's like, okay, these learned men, just like the learned men in the Bible told everybody, you know, Jesus wasn't who he said he was, but Learned men, um, I would go to them and, or not go to them, I went to Jesus, straight to him and to the Holy Spirit and ask him for the answer. Like, okay, God, do I have to say this prayer? Do I have to go in front of the church? What do I have to do? Am I really, do I really belong to you? So Jesus answered my question and he showed me, a couple of Bible verses. Let's go to Matthew four eighteen through 20. I'm going to call you Helen, a.k.a. David. It's, Why? It's just so natural for you. We will have to talk about that because it just came so natural for you to have that just as a child like that, have a relationship like that and know Jesus oh. just was there. Like most people don't have that. I know. I know. Okay, this is Matthew four eighteen through 20. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were, casting an, they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Did he ask them to say a prayer? Nope. Now let's look at chapter 4, verse 19 through 22. Uh, Wait a minute. Uh, 21 and 22, I'm sorry. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. 
They were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Let's go to John 1. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me, Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. So, none of those said a prayer. Jesus just said, follow me, and they left what they were doing, and they followed him. That's all we need to do is start following Mm -hmm. Jesus. Now, I know some people need... Jesus sees the heart. Yes, yes. And, you know, when you turn from whatever you're doing and follow Jesus... You are repenting of your previous life. You're becoming what he wants you to become uh, as long as you continue to follow him. So people have put a lot of um, credence uh, on saying a sinner's prayer, which again I will say is not biblical. It's man-made, but it is a good tool. And I know a lot of people that are Christians now because of it. But I'm saying to those of you, that may not know whether you're saved or not. If you are following Christ, you are saved. You're saved from the the life that you were living before, a life of sin, and you are following Christ to be his servant. Um, mm-hmm. Now I was going to ask the two questions that we used to ask in uh, Evangelism Explosion. If you died today, mm-hmm. you know beyond a shadow of a doubt you would go to heaven. If you died today, right this second, do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you would go to heaven? And the second question is, let's say you did die today and you're standing before uh, God in heaven and he says to you, why should I let you into my heaven? What would your answer be? If you answer anything other than because I love Jesus, I want to be in your heaven, then if you've answered it any other way, like, well, I really have been a good person. I really don't cuss. I went to church every Sunday. I did this, I did that, and I didn't do this, and I didn't do that. That's the wrong answer. Because at that point, God will probably tell you, I do not know you, and you are not welcome in this heaven. 
And folks, there is a heaven and there is a hell. And believe you me, if you ever hear a description of what hell is like, you will never want to even think about going there. Don't let anybody tell you that it's a party all the time because it is not. You are separated from um, from God, and there's always a hunger and a thirst there to want to be with God, and it's it's always going to be vacant. That it's not going to be there. So, ask yourself the two questions, mm-hmm. uh, and the way you get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. He says in in uh, the New Testament, he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only way to get to the Father. Jesus Christ is. The way that you go to hell is you don't believe and don't follow Jesus Christ. And it's an automatic default. Don't think that, well, I'm different, so they'll let me in. I know they will. Don't think that. Make your change today. There's a lot going on in the world. Uh, and if you're not sure, you know, make your decision and just say, Jesus, I'm following you. I want to be what you want me to be. Um, I don't want to, um, I don't want to be a follower of Satan. Now, are we going to do things we shouldn't do? Yes, we are. But once you become a follower of Christ, you don't have, and as a matter of fact, when Jesus died on the cross, our sin uh, was absolutely past. All sin was put on Jesus at that point. And when Jesus died, all sin was destroyed. But he had to be raised from the dead on the third day, on, on Sunday. Not after three days, but on the third day, he had to be raised from the dead or it would not be, uh, it wouldn't be the same. Remember, there were three people on those crosses that day. Uh, Jesus in the middle, and then two uh, uh, bad guys on either side of him. Um, I think one was a murderer and one was a robber. But they all three died that day, and Jesus is the only one that was raised from the dead Mm -hmm. on Sunday. So he's the one that we need to follow. So we can say Mm -hmm. the prayer if you want to. You can follow the Roman road if you want to. but you can also just say, Jesus, I love you. I know who you are. I want you. I want to follow you. And it's as simple as that. We make things too complicated. Um, and I've struggled with that, having come out of the Episcopal Church, yeah. um, because it can be extremely <clears throat> complicated. And it isn't. It's uh, it's extremely easy. Mm-hmm. But there again, I'm going to go back to Genesis, where Satan lied mm-hmm. to Adam and Eve. He lied to Adam and uh, then he lied to Eve, uh, and so I, you know, it's, he's all about lies. He's not going to tell you the truth. So Jesus, the Holy Spirit, they're going to tell you the truth. So yeah, just ask God to reveal the truth to right. you, right? Yes, yes, and He will. He will. Yeah. If you go to go straight to Him, He will tell you things that will absolutely blow your mind. Uh, there are a lot of things that he's taught me one-on-one that I have not gone to another human being. I haven't even looked for it in the Bible. I just went straight to him because I wanted his answer, and he revealed it to me. Not always immediately. 
Well, listen, what yeah, do you got to lose, right? Yeah, what do you have to lose? You have, you have um, hell to lose. I mean, if we're, if we're wrong, yeah. what happens? Yeah. Right. Yeah. If we're wrong, what do you, but if we're right, exactly. you have a lot to lose. Exactly. Exactly. Correct. That's Your right. Your soul. Yeah. So why not just ask him to reveal himself to you? And if he doesn't, then, hey, mm-hmm. but I know he will. So, and, and one of the reasons uh, that I, I talk about saying the prayer is more, um, I think I told Bubba this, it's more for me. It was yeah. more for me when I did it. I needed to say those words. And there are people that do. Yeah. Uh, for me more than, uh, yeah. Anyway, no, I think you did great, but uh, do you want to leave us in a prayer of salvation yeah, any way you want to? And we'll close okay. out. Lord Jesus, we just come boldly in right. and we just give you glory and honor and praise and thanksgiving so much. Lord, we love you so much. And we thank you that you died on the cross and became sin uh, so that we can live and live with you forever in heaven. And, Lord, right now I just want to lead people in prayer to kind of confirm all of that with somebody that maybe is not sure. Lord Jesus, I believe in you and I trust in you. I want to follow you, Lord, and I just pray that you will fill me with your Holy Spirit uh, so that um, I can know that you're near. Guide me, protect me, save me from myself and things that I tend to do that I know don't please you. And Lord, just show me uh, your grace, your grace, which is God's riches, uh, everything that you've got for uh, Jesus, uh, Father, I know are mine, and I just thank you and praise you for that. And, Lord, thank you that you saved me. And from here on out, I know that I belong to you. And we ask all of this in your holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mom. That was great. You're welcome. I love you. I love you. you. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it. Are you interested in listening to more episodes? Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeart, and Spotify. Do you have a question you'd like us to chat about? Email us at swduthink at gmail.com. We have new episodes every Monday. See you next time.